like Big Time Adolescence is really a, a movie title that makes you think, wait, this is the movie with Pete Davidson in it, right? This sounds like a movie Pete <laughs> Davidson would be the star of. He's kind of that eternal adolescent guy in real life and much less on Saturday Night Live. I keep saying he's like the punk rock Jimmy Fallon, right? I can see so that, they're yeah. Kind of the same, they're kind of the same thing. They just laugh at everybody else's jokes and they, they what they call corpsing. <laughs> where they constantly break up when they're not supposed to be breaking up. And that's kind of <laughs> part of their appeal. But Fallon was about as white bread, like, like the nerdy frat boy as you can come as, and Pete Davidson is more like the alterna kid version of him. And, you know, despite all that, I like him. It, he seems like he's had a lot of problems. He certainly has put mm-hmm. it all out there in real life, which I find weirdly endearing, but big time adolescence is, I would say it's his film debut, but I'm not entirely sure it counts in terms of when it was filmed. This came out uh, originally at Sundance in January, right. which was where the first screen to pretty good reviews. And then a Mar- as of March, it's uh, March 13th. It's on Hulu. He's also in another film that's coming out very soon that is getting, I think, like even better reviews right now. The King of Staten Island, which yeah. is a Judd Apatow film. Uh, directed and written by Apatow, uh, it was getting really good reviews. We have not, that's not coming out till June, well, at least formally not coming out till June. Who knows what's going to happen now from right. Universal? I, I found myself very curious because I, you know, I watch Saturday Night Live. I like Davidson. He tends to, they tend to know exactly where to put him these days. Like, this isn't the guy to lead a sketch. You know what a straight man is in comedy? He's kind of the opposite. He's the guy who <laughs> can true. be relied upon to just laugh at what everybody else is doing, but is the fulcrum to get everybody else to do what they're supposed to be doing. That's kind of Davidson. So I'm like, how is he going to play in a film, a narrative film that is, you know, a dramedy, but has a degree of seriousness to it, like Big Time Adolescence, where he's supposed to be playing it straight the whole time? Yeah, kind of reading the synopsis, it seemed like the kind of role that, as talented as he is... He, and this is just me assuming just because I haven't seen it, there's not a whole lot of range to Pete Davidson and, and you know, what his, uh, his skill level is at. Um, I'd like to see it cause I think he's really talented. If, if the range is there, I'd love to see it. I just haven't. And so this seems like the kind of movie that's, that's kind of built for him. Well, yeah. Like my husband and I were both looking at this guy and being like, yep, this is the type of guy that would play this character you know very much a he looks like he's completely stoned all the time covered in tattoos he's the typecast of the the bottom end of the totem pole the stoner who doesn't have a job beatnik would be a nice term for it guy and looking up his i looked up his wiki just to be like i'm sure he's a lovely person it feels like he that's kind of his typecast is the the stoner loser guy. Well, I mean, I think that the the blessing of big time adolescence is is that he's created a character who's kind of charmingly stupid. He's not an idiot. He's just totally not self-aware on any level whatsoever. This was the bulk of my friends growing up. Some of them never grew out of it and are still there. Some would argue I never grew out of it and I'm still there. Uh, but before we go any further, I'm Chris and we've got JC. Hello, hello. We got Mindy. Hiya. And I'm Santiago. Hello, Hi. Santiago. We get you on these so rarely. It's always a pleasure <laughs> to have you on. Thanks, Juan. thanks. No, I, I, um, you know, if I may, I, I have to comment on Pete Davidson's shtick or his his mo. I mean, he's essentially playing himself. I mean, this is 
this is a guy who walked right into this role. I mean, I think that he's also an executive producer on this movie, so he probably just loved it that much. Yes. Um, but I mean, I completely agree with what everybody is saying. Pete Davidson, you know, fits the part of just like the skivvy stoner, but also seems to have like this really genuinely awesome sincerity about him that I think is why everybody loves him. He has a real, I don't know if it's, I, I'm, I'm going to call it darkness. Like, I think he's a little bit dark. And maybe that comes from the fact that he's, he's he's a bit of a unique character in real life. And when I say that he's playing himself, you should think about the fact that Pete Davidson is someone who's a comedian, but who had a parent die in 9-11, which is something that he revisits a lot. He he talks about that in his um, in his Netflix stand-up special. And, and, I, and, and, I, and I'll, I'll revert back to the same idea. I initially did not like Pete Davidson because he's one of the most unassuming guys in the world. I mean, he, he does corpse. He just kind of like cracks up. And the fact that he's just so aloof maybe is what makes him so likable but it's worked well enough to get him this far and here we are and i mean i think i thought i thought it was a well there's always the rule typecast is still cast so i mean they're the actors who only play the one role for every single movie that they do and it feels like that that's what's happening for him well he's had one role so on (laughs) snl as well i mean come on I mean, in terms of doing narrative uh, feature stuff, like he, he he has not really stretched himself too far yet, and I yeah. wouldn't be surprised to see this go on for some time. Well, even in uh, in he's got a Netflix comedy special, and in, in marketing it, they kind of they've doing this with some, a lot of comedians lately, where Netflix is kind of like going into their home and sort of seeing what their home life is like, or whatever part of their life they want to show off. And yeah, Pete lives in it, it's his house. It's a house that he bought for his mom. But he lives in the basement of this house, and his friends. Are, are you serious? Yeah. He lives with his mom. Uh, his friend in, in the basement. He's got his. He's constantly got his friends down there, giving each other tattoos, smoking pot. Uh, it's a lot like the house in in Big Time Adolescence. Well, weirdly, this movie was not written for him. It it was uh, written and directed by this guy named Jason Orley. It's his directorial debut. He had no idea how to market this. Originally, it was based on his own experiences. Uh, he had a friend who had a friend who had a friend who knew Pete Davidson, who was like, I think Pete would really like this. Let me transfer it through. And he thought nothing of it. Like, Pete Davidson's never going to get this thing. He did. He immediately found the guy, went, I love this. I got to be in this. I have notes. <laughs> As you do. Uh, but apparently it wasn't wildly changed. It was just altered enough to, and with, with, with much with the writer-director's approval, to kind of more fit who Pete Davidson is. And I feel like I get that. I mean, we all have, we, we started this with saying we have a perception of who Pete Davidson is. Right. I mean, he's put himself out there very much with who he is. And it kind of, this is a way to debut. Like this is a movie where you're like, this is a version of the real Pete Davidson we're watching here. Certainly. And let's talk about what version that is. In fact, this story <laughs> follows him as basically uh, Matthew McConaughey's character from Days and Confused only nowadays. <laughs> uh, if we just moved that date, like that movie up to that nowadays, <laughs> he's the older guy who is uh, not wildly older. He's supposed to be 23. I think he's actually only 26 in real life, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he is dating a girl and she breaks up with him, but the whole time he's been very close with her younger brother is kind of like an older brother type dynamic. I mean, we start off with sort of the narration is coming from the younger brother, uh, who is definitely the main character played by Griffin yes. Gluck, who was in Red Band Society, uh, Private Practice, uh, Back in the Game, uh, American uh, Vandal, 
And yeah, when good. the when he breaks up with the girl or the girlfriend breaks up with him, brother is like, I don't want to stop being friends with this guy. So it flashes to like years later. Now Griffin, now known as Mo, is years older. I think he's supposed to be sixteen. Yeah, they're still just they're just buddies. They hang out all the time in Pete Davidson Zeke's crappy house, which is almost identical to any number of crappy houses I lived in <laughs> when I was in my twenties. Uh, you know, covered with stickers on everything, and nobody's really cleaning. We're just kind of halfway cleaning, Beer and there's always everywhere. a parade. It's a parade of people that come in and out, and drugs and what have you. Everybody's not. Nobody's an asshole per se, but you know, nobody's a straight up like dangerous criminal. Like this isn't the shield, <laughs> but <laughs> but none of them are really the, contributing much to society. <laughs> Say none that. of them are really contributing much to society. But Mo is fascinated with them, and he is very much enjoying this experience of being with them. But this is a, uh, what do you call it, a uh, Buildings Roman, a adolescence growing up story about Mo. in yes. fact, as Zeke starts more and more, like, going, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, here's the thing, you're actually getting invited to high school parties, maybe you could sell some weed there <laughs> for me, which is l- literally what happened to me. Well, he's not the one who instigates it. It's one of his buddies who wants to be popular going, hey, you know the stoner. Can you sell some weed at the party so that we can be popular? (laughs) A moment that made me laugh so hard where he's like, who would even, where Mo's like, they want me, you know, to sell pot at the party? Who would want that? (laughs) And and Zeke goes, oh, I don't know. Call me shocked. I think it's going to be okay. I was like, yeah, you, you walk into a high school party with weed. I don't care how much it costs. You're going to be fine. You're going to be the most popular person <laughs> in the room, which is exactly what happens. But of course, things get complicated along the way. He's got a girl that he's really, really into who is having mixed feelings about all this, uh, you know, first like, oh, cool guy. He's finally, he's getting the, the wherewithal to approach her, which is something. I don't know. It's a growing up film. Even though Mo is the main character, I think I can safely say all uh, eyes are on Pete Davidson. I would definitely yeah. agree. It does seem like they're trying to give um, Mo a very pivotal type of like, yes, like there's an arc happening there. I honestly think that Mo's character is a little bit unrealistic to me because he has this edgy side to him where he thinks that Pete Davidson and his cronies are actually pretty cool, but he's also, like, kind of square. It almost seems like he's kind of unsure about what he thinks is good and bad, and I guess that duality is definitely something that we've probably all been through. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they make you heavily empathize with Pete Davidson's character. You you really care about him all throughout the movie, even though you realize that he's, for lack of a better word, well, pathetic in, in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know if pathetic is maybe the, the nicest way to put it, but he's, no, there, he's certainly... that's a good way of putting it. But he's, cer- <laughs> yeah. but he's certainly no. low on the bar as far as, you know, people are concerned, as far as, you know, social viability is concerned, even for, uh, you know, keeping a decent job. He doesn't seem to be up for that, but somehow I like him. I don't know how that's working out. <laughs> See, I didn't. Uh, that Maybe that's part of it is that you have to know this culture and have been part of this culture to feel a kind of nostalgia for it. I was a theater nerd who got really high grades. This was not my core of people. So as I was watching this film, all I saw was these are a bunch of people who aren't trying to better themselves doing bad things. And it's just like, I'm trying to sympathize with you and I'm trying to empathize with you, but you're not giving me a lot to work with, honey. All I see is (laughs) you just 
What's the term I'm looking for? You know, you're just sitting slacker. at home. Slacker, a, slacker, slacker, yeah. Yeah, slacker. Uh, you know, you're just kind of sitting there letting the world pass you by, and I'm supposed to root for you. No, I'm not going to root for you. Um, and now you're leading somebody else down, I mean, not intentionally, but kind of leading somebody else down that path, too. And it's just like... It was like when I watched the play Hurley Burley. Hurley Burley was acted incredibly well, and I hated everyone. And that's kind of how I felt about this film. It's like it was acted well, the characters were well-rounded, and I hated all of them. <laughs> okay, I know how you're. T- I know you, what you're talking about with Hurley Burley, certainly. Yeah. Uh, or, or films. There's a lot of films out there. The point is to hate everyone. And I hear what you're saying with the whole. You didn't live this. You lived a very different experience. See, I was a theater nerd and not a high-level student because I was, as they would love to tell me, the psychiatrist, he's just bored. (laughs) Honestly, in retrospect, that is true. It was really boring, but I got A's in English and science and and, uh, uh, history and drama. (laughs) It's just everything else I failed at and didn't give a fuck about. And I wanted to get high. I liked it. I liked learning about Jack Kerouac and like alternative music and all this. And I found I got into the sub genius and thought that everybody who was like not trying to explore the subnormal were were fucking just pink boys as they called them. They, were, you know, we were like fuck those people. Yeah. Well, at least there's a thoughtful level to to you. Like that's a thought. That's a level of thoughtfulness that Pete Davidson's character didn't have. Like. He was just a total but I knew people, but people like him were in my friends group where it was yeah. like, no, that guy's fine, man. I don't have any problem with that guy. He means well. This is <laughs> the way we used to talk nice about people like that. He means well. Yeah. He's not going to do anything to fuck you over as long as you don't give him the opportunity. And like I said, <laughs> the characters were, they were presented as though they were realistic. And I think like it said for me that that was a bit of a problem. Uh, one thing I will say for it is that as a result of it being realistic, I did appreciate that they didn't glamorize it. Because a lot of these coming-of-age stories is all about the people that are that are these types of people, the, you know, the people who don't contribute to society, who all they do is drink and smoke and all day, and then at the end, they're heroes. That That is not the case here. And that is something that was actually very refreshing. Yeah, it's one of the things I liked about, about Moe's character and that... Um... To, to me, he seemed a little bit authentic in that, you know, he became a different person as he got older and he realized, uh, he sort of had that moment of clarity where he realized he didn't want to grow up to be like Pete Davidson's character. Um, he's really just kind of yeah. trying to get through high school. And I, and I got that. And I, d- I definitely want to revisit That's my the- comment about Mo where I said he was unrealistic. I definitely identify with the concept of realizing, right, the idea of realizing that one of your friends may or may not be just a complete wastoid slacker person that we would, it would probably be best in your best interest to just you know stop hanging out with this person which is what you know literally you know happens eventually in this film but um i think that that's the part where i definitely identified with mo but i also identified with with pete davidson's character zeke because i mean i like chris i was insanely bored with being you know a straight edge kid i i liked the company of as far as the kids who wanted to get high and be you know i, I guess the sub you mentioned the sub the sub genius. I mean, it really was a subculture of that was to me just a little bit more interesting. And that, and I guess that's where Mo, I think, kind of and I identify with each other, where it's, where it's just like, hey, you know, this is a little bit more fun, and that's why it's interesting. Or maybe it's yeah. Uh, but see, you need to run away from your homeland due to terrorism. Then you won't be bored. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late for that. There's an idealism that came 
with people like you and me, Santiago, who were there, who just went indulged and went into that world and were like, yeah, we're going to party, we're going to do this, and we believe that this is the key to a more interesting future. But we were naive because we may have been smart and, like, cool and reading all this stuff, but most of the other people just wanted to get fucked up. In fact, looking back, most of the people I grew up with in that crowd ended up going absolutely nowhere. Uh, some of them died of overdoses of various things. I mean, it, it turned bad for a lot of them. I'm still here. I'm not exactly a multi-billionaire <laughs> or anything, but you know what? I'm I'm doing an okay and pretty happy. I value that experience, and I look at identifying more with Mo in this film than I do with Zeke, who is that character who doesn't know when it's time to move on. And I like the fact that this film ends on sort of a everybody is kind of being dealt with very compassionately by the writer director very director much so, because yes. these are not these are not caricatures. They are supposed to be treated as real people, real human pe- people and everyone gets their chance to have their moment where they do something that is really that gives them salvation. I mean, even Zeke, Zeke has a real moment of like, this was the thing where you got your chance to do your thing and he didn't do it. Like, it's not like this is the end where it's like, Oh, well maybe I can get raptured if I do something nice. No, he's just like, (laughs) okay, this is the right thing to do. And I really like that. I think that just added to this humanity of the entire piece. I really like that Mo towards the end treats him with a sort of like, we're never really going to be close again, but I'm never going to not look back on this time with fondness. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Very you much know? felt that way. And I, I think that's really key to why this film works. It, it's, it's a slice of life film that we don't normally see because it's not wildly dramatic. <laughs> it's, it's like a party film that's very realistic and has a message, but it's all sort of the whole film. All of that is just kind of, a low-key text going underneath it. It, it. It's a fun movie to watch. Yeah. It's very middle America. Like, what's the worst that can happen if he deals a little pot? He's going to get expelled, and in the end, he'll grow up and he'll be fine. Can I say John Cryer as uh, the dad... Uh, uh, of the main character Mo is great, and I wanted to see more of him here. Yes. I was about to, I was about to bring that up. I was yeah, about to I comment totally on him too. That. Yeah, I, I appreciated that it also dealt with. Here's a dad who was not foreseen as a villain because a lot of times in these films, it's the dad who's trying to stop the kid from living his true self or whatever. Here's a guy who was worried, but knew that if he tells his son to not hang out with this guy, then that's just going to make him do it more. So he's like, "All right, I'll let you hang out until it gets to the point where it's." like, no, this cannot go on. You've crossed a line. He's not a villain. He's a dad. And that I appreciate that too. Again, it goes with the, a lot of these characters were presented in a very realistic way, which was refreshing in this type of film. Yeah. Yeah. I really yeah. love that moment where the dad is like, I don't, I don't get it. Like I, like I'm his father. Like what, what do you have that I don't have? Did anybody, am I the only one who saw uh, machine gun? Uh, no, he's, <laughs> am I the only one who saw parallels between John Cryer's character and uh, characters that John Cryer has played in the past and Pete Davidson's character? I mean, I feel like they even I, I look alike just a little bit. Like, I was, I'm thinking the same thing too. I'm like, he looks like he could play Pete Davidson's dad. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of look alike, and I feel like Pete Davidson yeah. somewhat resembles um, John Cryer's character. Like, uh, is it is it Ducky in, uh, in Sweet Sixteen? Ducky. Ducky yeah. <laughs> I thought about that too. Like, yeah, you could totally remake him. Superman Four with Pete Davidson. No one is remaking Superman Four, and if they do. <laughs> they have to answer to me 
<laughs> I just think of that moment where he's floating through the air and he's just going, whoa, I'm floating. Like, I can see Pete Davidson doing that. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Cryer is making an excellent Lex Luthor on the CW network, just really? for the record. I think nice. kind of kicking ass as Lex Luthor. Never would have pictured it, but here we are. Uh, let's go to final thoughts. JC, get us started. Uh, yeah, didn't uh, didn't know what to expect out of this film. I was really bummed about not getting the opportunity to see uh, King of Staten Island, so... Uh, I was really happy to see this, uh, just because I wanted to see Pete Davidson in something. And so he, granted it didn't seem like much of a stretch for him, but he, he impressed me with what he was able to do, uh, despite the unlikableness of his character. Um, everybody else, I think, did a really good job. It's very Sundance, very indie, it's not a ton of drama, it's just going to be a, a lot of things you see in a lot of indie movies, and that may not be everyone's bag, but um, yeah, if you can appreciate a good a relatable drama make you think about some the stuff you probably went through, through when, <laughs> yeah make, make you think about some stuff you went through when you were in high school um i think this is a really good uh, good enjoyable movie i would probably give it seven out of ten blunts <laughs> there you go santiago overall i really enjoyed this movie i think that pete davidson won me over yeah i wasn't quite convinced that he was worth a whole lot of time but um i do think that the measure of a, a good film is catharsis and i certainly identified with many of the characters on this in this film um overall a very good performance with Pete davidson i i like mo to um love john crier um i thought it was great i think everybody should uh should check this one out i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a seven and a half out of ten duffel bags full of drugs in the pool mindy well, as I said, I didn't like it. Uh, I think that the appeal for this film will be a nostalgia factor. And if you did not have that to draw from, it isn't. it doesn't really have an opening for you to come in and feel a kind of joy about this. As I said, the acting was really, really good among all the main characters in particular. And as a result, it made the characters not that compelling again if you don't have a nostalgia factor to look at them with it just ended up being these are a bunch of just kind of degenerate people being degenerate and that's not something i want to spend a couple hours watching so like i said while i think it is a a very good job and that it's well done it's audience is limited and it's certainly not something that I would watch again because I mean while I understand the characters I can't really relate to them and I I get frustrated with them so I'm gonna give it four beers duct taped to your hands out of ten I'm gonna say I feel personally attacked by your review Mindy degenerate they're he stoners yeah, and he's making a very, I mean, not a point, but it's very clear that if he just had some inclination to do something with his life, he would do it. And he would. That doesn't make you a degenerate. He's just a slacker. So hold, hold on a second. <laughs> Stoners on. are just moderate. It sounds like Mindy would have been very pod. judgmental of you in high school, Chris. It's, yeah, she would not have liked me. She would have been like the girl in drama when I was in drama. It was like, why are you even letting that guy have an opportunity to have a line? Like, he clearly smokes pot. <laughs> I don't mind if you smoke pot. I just want you to contribute something to society. That's all I ask. See, at, at our drama dance, she would have been the girl who was all about Journey's open arms, and I would have been the guy all about the violent femmes. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> yes. Keep in mind the date in which Stoner's I was. Stoner's contribution to society uh, is, is, is comedy, okay? It's just comedy. We're funny people. <laughs> and music. And, and music. music. And Pete Davidson's. 
All right, you know. Their, their contribution yeah. to society is not causing any trouble. I looked at the wiki yeah. and it said this is a comedy film, and I'm like, where? I didn't see any comedy in this film. I mean, by definition, clearly it is certainly about, to some degree, whether or not you have any degree of identification with these characters and affection for them. I I couldn't help but feel like even if you didn't grow up in this, the film treats all of these characters so compassionately and hu- so humanely. I can't imagine, like, I, I don't understand why you were like, I just hate everyone. I'm like, why? Everybody is so human. Oh, they are human, and that's why I don't like them, because I'm expecting more from them. Well, you have higher expectations from people than I do. I do. I have high expectations (laughs) for humanity. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, look how our president is. And then we should lower our bars a little. Mm. Uh, No, no. Mm. (laughs) And when I was in high school, the president was Reagan. So it was kind of bad then even, too. Anyway, I did identify with this. I identified bits with Zeke. I identified bits with Mo. Like, I identify now bits with the dad. Like John Cryer going like, yeah, I totally see where you're coming from. Who's a cool dad, but he's like throwing his hands up. I don't know what to do. I found this kind of charming. It's not an essential watch of a film, but it's nice that it is kind of like a that Buildings Roman coming of age film that is about people who are getting into drugs. It's not a big like shake your finger at the screen film. There's way too many of those things. And this is the worst case scenario. This is like a thing where like, yeah, shit goes wrong, but it doesn't go like crazy over totally like crash into fucking like a telephone pole wrong. It's just it feels more like real life. And Davidson, even though he's not making anything resembling a stretch in his acting, certainly is nonetheless exactly the right guy to play this part i mean he is this character and i there was never a moment that him being pete davidson pulled me out of the film because it might as well be about pete Pete davidson might as well be called pete davidson the movie (laughs) (laughs) you know Uh, i think that anybody who has lived anything like this experience or any aspect tangentially to this experience is going to find something of real value here I mean obviously Mindy you're one person who has that not having that and clearly other people are going to feel the same way you are I don't know if everyone will but I I, I will say for me I did find this enjoyable but hardly like a new classic but it's on Hulu and it's on Hulu right now and you can watch it right now and, and check it out for yourself if you like Days and Confused for example I think this is going to be a hit with you which has a similar type of like, hey, not all losers are bad people type of aesthetic. Yeah, Mindy. I think it's kind. Of, I think it's kind of the same thing. I like, said you can it be was acted really well. <laughs> I just expect more from people. Once again, I think that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I think your message can be: you can be a loser and a really good person whose story is worth following. Like a person whose story is important and worth telling, even though you're a loser and make mistakes. And I think that this is the type of story that this is for the stoner, the modern stoner culture, whereas Dacian Confused was supposedly that, what was it, 1982 or something? I don't even something remember. Something like that. Uh, anyway, I'm going to give this seven and a half out of ten Clint Eastwood three ways. <laughs> Whoa. 